0: Uh, my name is Ashish and I am the worship pastor here at Mill City Church. Um, and so this question was really great because it is no surprise, but I love music. I love music a lot. I love playing music, but I really love going and watching music live and, and being a part of some of these concerts. Uh, now, my wife, Anna, knew this about me. And so a couple years ago, she took me to go watch the Piano Guys in concert. Has anyone heard of the Piano Guys before? Yeah, awesome. So if you haven't heard of the Piano Guys, it's this piano and cello uh, duo. And they are incredible. Seriously, go check it out on YouTube. You will not regret it. And so I go and I watch this concert. And the whole concert, my jaw is on the floor. It is beautiful to watch the piano and cello play off each other as they bring these songs to life. I was stunned. But what I was not prepared for was the encore of this concert. So for the encore, they decided, their final piece, they decided to play the song Amazing Grace. Now it's a beautiful song, and the piano and cello started to play, and the lyrics are coming to life as they're playing about Amazing Grace. And the music started to build and build and build, and all of a sudden it started to swell. And then the lights went out, and the music stopped. They had me in the palm of their hands. I was like, what is going to happen next? And all of a sudden, the lights started to fade back in, and the piano and cello started to play again, and the music began to swell. And the lights came up to reveal not just a piano and a cello, but now there was six bagpipes. There were six bagpipes on stage. That's a tough word to say, bagpipes. And not only were there bagpipes, but there was a youth orchestra with them as well. And all of them together began to play with precision and passion. And they began to play a beautiful, beautiful sound. It was so beautiful, in fact, that I began to uncontrollably cry in the middle of this concert. I began to weep. It was that beautiful. If I was to describe that sound, I would describe it as harmonious or pleasant, or sweet. It was different instruments coming together to make a beautiful, beautiful sound. Now, I have been to many concerts in my life, and one of these concerts involved my sister. Now, I have gotten permission to tell this story this morning. Now, my sister played flute in her middle school band. Now, I had the opportunity and the privilege to go and watch one of these middle school band concerts. And as I began to watch this concert, there were tears that started to flow from my eyes. But it was not because it was beautiful. (laughs) Harmonious is not the word I would use. In fact, I would use the word, according to Google, I Googled this, the word I would use to describe that middle school band experience was dissonant or unpleasant. (laughs) Now, it's not their fault. The middle school band, they are learning to play together. They are just learning their instruments, and it takes time to grow. But it did sound off, and it didn't sound as harmonious as the piano guys. Now, why am I talking about all these concerts and all these stories? Well, as we conclude our series on why church, the question I've been wrestling with this week is when we look at the church and when we listen to the church, to use this music metaphor, what does the church sound like? Does it sound like the Minnesota Orchestra, or does it sound like a middle school band? Does it sound harmonious? Do you hear that sound from the church? Or does the church sound dissonant? Kind of think of some of the interactions you've had in person. Think of some of the interactions you've had online where you're observing Jesus followers say things and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? This just sounds off. Now, as I thought through the church, I realized the church has sounded harmonious and been a blessing to so many people, including me. But there have been moments where the church has sounded dissonant here in America. The church has been a place of hurt. The church has been a place of division and disunity. The church has been a pretty unattractive place at times making really questionable decisions. It has sounded dissonant. And this dissonance has caused others, including myself, to ask this question, why church? Why be a part of this community? Why be a part of this local and global group of people? Well, through all its faults and all its brokenness, I believe that there is hope for the church. And I believe that Jesus still loves the church and has a mission for the church. And so here is the answer to why church that scripture gives us. When we consider why church, scripture answers. Why church? Because the Holy Spirit empowers the church to look and sound like Jesus to the world. The Holy Spirit empowers the church to look and sound like Jesus to the world. And when I think of the world we live in, wouldn't that be a powerful sound? What else sounds like this? That's a sound that's harmonious. That's not a sound that's dissonant. That's a sound that reflects Jesus. But what does it mean to look and sound like Jesus? Well, this morning, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture where we find a church that is trying to ask this question, what does it mean to look and sound like Jesus? And the church has actually been sounding pretty dissonant. And so Paul writes this letter to the church to remind them, hey, this is not what Jesus sounds like, but here's how you can sound like Jesus. Here's how you can make a harmonious sound with each other. But before we dive into our text, would you pray with me this morning? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are a God who loves your church deeply, and we thank you even for the privilege of gathering together and trying to answer and wrestle with these questions. And so Holy Spirit, would you guide our time this morning? Would you guide my voice? And would you guide us as we open the text together? In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so our text today is going to be in the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. So you can turn there in your Bibles, or you can follow along on the screen behind me. Now, 1 Corinthians, a little context, it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And as we read this letter to the church in Corinth, we find a church that is sounding dissonant. They have chosen to follow Jesus. They've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there are some good things happening, but there is a lot of ugly noise emanating from their community. There is division and selfishness and specifically pride over how they were gifted that's dividing them. And a lot of other problems are running rampant in this community. So Paul writes this letter to remind the church of Corinth that this is not the way they should go. Instead, they are to let the good news of Jesus transform the way they look and sound to each other and to the world around them. We find this especially in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 13, so we're going to hone in on those chapters this morning as we try to figure out what does it mean to look and sound like Jesus. So would you join me? We're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. So empowered by the Spirit, the church was supposed to look like many parts forming one body. Yet when we look earlier in this chapter, this was not what the Corinthian church looked like. The Corinthian church, like I said, was specifically letting their pride over how they were gifted divide them. And this division and dissonance was evident in their gatherings and also uh, to those who were observing their gatherings from the outside. And this dissonance did not sound like Jesus. So how could the church look and sound like Jesus? Paul responds using the analogy of a body. Maybe you've heard this illustration before. Maybe you've focused on this passage. But there are two things that Paul highlights with the body. These are two things that define the body. First, the body is made up of many parts. There was diversity in the church, different stories, different backgrounds, different cultures. We had Jews and Gentiles different ages, different ways that the Spirit had gifted them, and this diversity was important. This was a good thing. This was actually needed for that community. We see Paul talk about how this is needed in the hilarious imagery that follows. Paul writes, well, the foot would not stop being a part of the body because it said, well, I'm not gifted like the hand, and so I really don't deserve to be a part of this body. Nor would the ear say to the eye, Well, I'm not the eye, so I'm clearly not as important. Paul asks, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Paul reminds the Corinthian church that each part is uniquely chosen and gifted by God. And this diversity, these many parts are important. So first thing the body is made up of many parts. But the second thing about the body is though it is many parts it forms one body. It is diverse but it needs to walk together in unity and on mission. Paul continues with the and body analogy to show that the beauty of the body is that it is different parts that rely on each other. Each part needs each other. The eye can't say to the hand, ah, "I don't need you." Nor the f- head say to the foot, You kind of smell, so so get out of the way. Each part of the body needs each other, and is supposed to look out for each other as they walk through life. I love how the message translation translates this passage. The message says, if one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. And if one part flourishes, every part enters into that exuberance. See how each part relies on each other. This is what the church is supposed to look like. Different parts coming together and walking in unity. No part is more important than the rest. They all needed each other. Now, while Paul uses the body analogy, I like to think of the analogy of an orchestra playing in harmony. Now, one thing about harmony is it's not everyone playing the same note, but rather it is different notes coming together to create a beautiful sound. In the same way, when you have an orchestra, you have different instruments that are coming together, each playing their sound to make something beautiful. They're coming together with different gifts, but uniting as one body. They're uniting to make something beautiful, make something harmonious. And this is what Paul invites the church in Corinth to do. And it's our invitation this morning as well. Now, when you think of the question, why church, one of the questions you may be wrestling with is, do I belong? Does it actually matter that I show up? Does it actually matter that I'm here? Well, this passage's answer to the question is, yes, the church needs you. The church needs your stories. They need your background. They need what God is doing in your life, the ways that God has gifted you. We at Mill City need that diversity as we walk together in unity and try to love our community in the name of Jesus. And I've already seen this happen at Mill City where different people come together with their different gifts and unite in this mission. And there were a couple examples that came to mind and I wrote them down this morning. So an example of people bringing their different gifts together and walking in unity, I think of this pandemic. And as a community, we've had to pivot so many times has anyone seen the show friends before friends there's that scene in friends where ross or one of the characters is trying to move a couch up a tight staircase and he keeps yelling to the person that's helping him pivot 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 why aren't you pivoting i feel like that's what 2020 and 2021 has been yelling at me this whole time i know that you maybe have experienced that as well And so as a community, we've had to pivot, but God has used the different gifts in our community as some of you have led digital neighborhoods and have formed groups together. God has used the different gifts as you have looked at the community and said, what does each other need and how can we meet those needs? Different gifts coming together with one mission. I think of those in our community who are engaged in our community who have led us when we have encountered injustice in our city. You've used the different gifts to lead our community in what it looks like to repent, lament, and act. God has given you the gift of seeing where He's moving. And you have used that gift to walk this path of justice, trying to seek justice and mercy. And you've invited those of us in the community to join with you. Different gifts coming together with one mission. I think of the folks who've used the creativity God has given them in, as we face the housing and homelessness initiative here at Mill City. You're using the creati- creativity to think, how can we creatively solve this need in our city? Some of you have even used your gifts of being in the affordable housing industry professionally, and you've used those gifts to help us consult and try to figure out solutions together. These are different gifts coming together with one mission. I also think recently of people in our community who are training to welcome refugees to Minneapolis. And just this week, they welcomed a family of six to our city. And they have begun helping this family get settled and get adjusted. This is different members of our community coming together with different gifts with one mission. Now, these are just a few examples, but so many of you are using the gifts that God has given you to love your community to love your neighborhood, to love your workplaces, to love your families, to love those at home. You are a critical part of what it looks like to be Mill City Church. If this were an orchestra and everyone in this congregation had instruments, your instrument can't be substituted. We need you as a part of this church, together as a body, as we unite and love our community in the name of Jesus. Just like an orchestra looks to a conductor, we look to the Holy Spirit as our conductor And we use these different gifts to come together, to create spaces where people belong, spaces where people are valued, where they're empowered to use their gifts, spaces where we're calling out the gifts in each other and affirming what God is doing in each other's lives, spaces where we're praying for and supporting one another. Doesn't this sound like Jesus? This is how the church can look like Jesus. But what about sounding like Jesus? Now, Paul shows us how to sound like Jesus as we continue in 1 Corinthians as we go into chapter 13. So you can turn there. Now, if you've read ahead, you might be wondering, well, hey, this is the marriage chapter. Why are we talking about the marriage chapter at church? Now, this is a passage that is about love, and it is a beautiful picture about love. But one of the things that I realized this week is if we take this passage about love and we kind of box it into this marriage context, we miss what this passage actually means. We miss how profound these verses are. This passage is actually about the church and how the church should love their community. And so it's a fitting passage to go through as we figure out what does it look like to sound like Jesus. So we're going to start reading in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul says, I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, and always perseveres. Now, as we read this passage, I don't know if you can see this, but there are two sounds that are highlighted in this passage. One is dissonant, and the other is harmonious. When it comes to the dissonant sound, we have envy and pride and boasting. We have a sound that's dishonoring, that is self-seeking, easily angered, that holds a grudge, and at its worst, delights in evil. This is a dissonant sound. It doesn't sound like Jesus, yet this is how the Corinthian church sounded. Now when you think of the church in America today, or even when you think of Mill City, what does it sound like? Do you see it sound like this? This dissonant sound of pride and envy, that self-seeking, easily angered. Maybe look even at your own life, are there places, you are, you are the body of Christ, representatives of Christ, in your own life, are there places where your life sounds a little dissonant? Where these things are emanating from you in your everyday spaces? Now, we're all humans, and it is completely normal to stumble into these areas and project these sounds. And one thing to remember is that if you are in this position, God's grace and love and forgiveness is abundant. God just invites us to return to him and repent as we leave behind the dissonant sound and turn towards what it looks like to sound harmonious. But what does this repentance look like? And how do we play this harmonious sound? Now, if you've been to an orchestra concert, you know that at the beginning of the concert, usually the concert master or the lead violinist will get up and they will play a note. And that orchestra will tune to that note. This helps the orchestra stay together and actually create something that's harmonious instead of dissonant. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, if we were to look at what note is Paul inviting the church to tune to, that note is love. And not just any love, but the love that comes from Jesus, the agape love, the self-sacrificial, forgiving, healing, restoring love, a love that challenges and a love that changes, a love that transforms us. Jesus invites us to tune our lives to this note, to his love. And when we do, here is what the church sounds like. If we tune to God's love, it begins to sound like patience and kindness. It begins to sound like looking out for the needs of those around us instead of looking at our own needs alone. It begins to sound like forgiveness, choosing to remember the grace with which we've been saved and the grace with which we've been invited to live out of. It begins to sound like rejoicing with the truth. It fights for truth when truth is silenced and celebrates when truth is victorious. It begins to sound like protection as it protects and looks out for those who are vulnerable and for those who are alone. It begins to sound like perseverance as we continue this walk fighting for justice and mercy. And it begins to sound like hope as we hold hope for those who need us to hold hope for them. And as we remind the world of the hope that one day Jesus will return and make all the wrong things right. This is what the church can sound like when it tunes to Jesus's love. And doesn't that sound sound harmonious? Doesn't that sound sound pleasant and sweet? Just hearing what this could sound like, the question that came to my mind is, is it worth it? And when I was was writing this down, I was like, of course this is worth it. There is nothing else in this world that really sounds like this. And so the world needs communities of believers that look and sound like Jesus. Communities that are coming together with their different gifts and uniting in one common mission And communities that are centering themselves on Jesus' love and letting that love transform the way that we look and sound to the world. Now this is hard work, but it's hard work that we can do because we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We talked about last week how God has generously given us the Holy Spirit and we get to lean into that spirit as we try to look and sound like Jesus. And so as I close this morning, there are two questions I want to offer And I'd encourage you, if you have a notebook, you can write these questions down. But as we end our time together, let's reflect on these questions. The first question is this. What part do you play in the church? What part do you play in the body of believers? Like Paul mentioned, the church is different members coming together to form one body, and people with different gifts coming together in one mission. And so what part do you play in the church? What gift has God given you? Now, 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us that we've all been gifted by the Holy Spirit, and we've all been specifically placed by God as a part of the church. Now, if you're unsure of what part you are supposed to play in the church or what part you can play in the church or what gifts you've been given, there are two two things you can do. First, go to God. Ask God, Lord, what have you given me? What gifts have you given, and how can I use them to point others to you. And a second thing you could do is ask those around you. One of the beauties of the body as we rely on each other is that we get to call out the gifts that we see in each other. So ask those around you, what are the things that you think God has gifted me with? And how can I use those gifts to love our community together in the name of Jesus? So what part do you play in the church? I'm going to invite the band up as we look at our second question. The second question is, what does it look like for me to look and sound like Jesus in my everyday spaces? Now, being a part of the church isn't just being a part of the church on Sunday morning, but being a part of the church means every day walking as the body of Christ, representing Jesus every hour during the week. And so this morning, what does it look like for you to look and sound like Jesus as you head into those everyday spaces? What would it look like in your neighborhood? Maybe to walk with kindness and hope. What would it mean to look and sound like Jesus in your workplace? Maybe walking with patience or rejoicing with the truth. What would it look like as you watch the Packer-Viking game later? To look and sound like Jesus. Um, Think about that. But what would it look like to look and sound like Jesus, especially as you head into this week? Now, for many of us, Thanksgiving is this week. And some of us are going to visit family, and for some, that's a really enjoyable experience, to go and visit family. It's full of celebration, and that's awesome. But for others, as you go home to your family, that can be a time full of pain and hurt. It can be a gathering full of tension and division, a gathering that you're dreading. As you head into that time, try to think, what would it mean for me to look and sound like Jesus As I go home to my family or those I'm gathering with. Now, as you do that, there's something that I want you to remember. Even though you might be going by yourself, you're not going alone. First, you have the Holy Spirit. We talked about it, how God has given us himself. His Spirit lives in us. And that Spirit is not only a gift, but it's a guide. It can give us wisdom on how to interact It can give us strength when we don't feel like we have the strength to love anymore. And it can provide us with the assurance of God's presence when we desperately need it. So you're not alone. You have the Spirit. And second, like I said, being a part of the body means that you are relying on each other. We have each other. And so as you go maybe by yourself to see your family, know that you have a community that's praying for you, supporting you, encouraging you, and a community that's here for you when you come back to grieve with you at some of the tension, and to celebrate with some of the amazing things that happened. You are not doing this alone. So what does it mean to look and sound like Jesus in your everyday spaces? As we conclude our time in this series and as we conclude our time this morning, the question we began with was, why church? And the answer that Scripture gives us is because the Holy Spirit empowers the church to look and sound like Jesus. And when I think of something that looks and sounds like Jesus, I think the world desperately needs that right now. So, Mill City, are we that community? As you go into your everyday spaces, are you that community? I really hope the answer to that question is yes. And I've seen that the answer to that question is yes. would we be a community that looks and sounds like Jesus and that points our world to the grace and love that he offers and gives? Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that you love your church deeply. Jesus, I pray over us as a community. Holy Spirit, would you empower us to look and sound like you? Would you open our eyes to ways that we need to tune our hearts to your love and make you the center? And Holy Spirit, would we represent Christ till he returns? We love you, Lord. In your name I pray.